Hi there, I'm James Minor, one of the leaders of the church, and I just wanted to welcome you to our podcast. I hope it stirs, inspires, and encourages you. Our pastor, David Dark, will be preaching for us. Enjoy the message. Brilliant, thank you. We want to welcome you to our live stream. We want to thank you for tuning in. We want to encourage you to subscribe. We know people are still coming in, but we want to start off, as we do with all our church services, just by opening in a word of prayer. We want to pray that God speaks to us. We want to pray that we listen, and we want to pray that we do what God is speaking. I understand that there's many different needs and different burdens on our hearts in these tricky times. So I want to encourage you. Where we are, let's just lift our hands. Let's just pray. God, we ask that you move Father, today. We ask God for your spirit to come upon us in these last days. We pray, Lord, that our houses can be turned into altars, Lord. That our houses, God, a place where we relax, a place where we get renewed, can be a place where God speaks to us even after lockdown. We pray that your Holy Spirit can transition between time and space right now, that you can take your word from this place into and throughout Bromley, into and throughout the UK. God, we believe in God for multitudes to get saved. We believe for prophecies to come to pass. We believe, God, for deliverance. We believe in renewal, Lord. God, we pray that in these last days there'll be an outpouring of your spirit. We pray for testimonies. God, we pray, Lord, for your Holy Ghost to convict, to stir and inspire, God. God, we thank you, God for your blood God we thank you for all you're going to do and all God's people said Amen again we thank you for joining us we just want to do some announcements we have on Monday nights we have at 8 o'clock in our Zoom meeting we have our fellowship meeting where we meet and we play games I'd encourage you to come in this time where people are isolating you don't have to feel isolated in this time where maybe you can't meet people physically, you can still take place in discipleship. You can still bond with your family, and that's why we had this meeting on. So our progression does not stagnate, so we can continue to move forward as one body. So I want to encourage you, that's tomorrow, that's Monday at 8 o'clock. On Thursdays we have Behind the Veil, which is an open forum where you can come and ask questions. In a time where people don't like asking questions, where people don't like being challenged, we have a forum for every question you have spiritually, that you can come and you can ask, whether it be the last days, whether it be a biblical passage which have got you stumped for many years, we've got an open forum for you to come. Again, ask a leader in our church and they'll give you the details for that. On Friday, we have a Bible study. We just finished a study on studying the Bible, and we want to put that into practice, and we'll be working our way verse by verse through Colossians. So if you want to prepare for that, take Colossians, look at it, look at the key words, look at the meaning of the text, look at your study Bible, prepare, and that will be Friday night again at 8 o'clock. So I'd encourage you to prepare, put into practice what we've learnt. Again, maybe invite a family member or someone that's not saved. God can speak to them. Amen. We want to take an offering now. 
Amen. So where we are, we want to take an offering. Again, I'd encourage you a quick announcement. If you're a tither or you're a gift aider, please, when you transfer funds to our account, if you can just put GA for gift aid with your initials, it will really help our administration work out gift aid so we can claim that back. But we want to take an offering. There was a time... During lockdown, I don't happen to queue for shops, so normally I go late in the day. I don't really do the whole queuing thing. I'll take the scraps. I'm fine with that. So I went to the co-op, my shops, and I was going around taking what I could. And I noticed so much was sold out. There were certain products which weren't sold out, which were fully on the shelves. And if they're not selling now, they might as well close down because they're never going to sell. But I noticed everything that was gone... And I was like, I may do. But then I got to the till and I noticed the scratch cards had all sold out. There was nothing. And I was, that got me thinking that in a time where money is almost useless, scratch cards are sold out. No one's going to be booking a holiday. No one could buy a house. Everyone is very limited to what they can't even buy a car. How are you going to collect it when you're in lockdown? And that got me thinking that, you know, sometimes we value money even when it isn't profitable for us. I remember many years ago, I was in a car with a brother from church, and it started snowing randomly, and we was in a traffic jam. The car in front of us, there was ice underneath, they couldn't move. And we noticed around us, we saw some very expensive cars, some Lamborghinis, some Ferraris, and we was like, we was in Chiselhurst, admittedly. But then they were there, here was these amazing cars, but they were stuck the same as what we were. It didn't matter what you were driving, it didn't matter how much money you had invested in your cars, in your worldly possessions, you were stuck like the rest of us. And that gets me thinking that sometimes we invest or we hold our faith in money even when it doesn't profit us whatsoever. I think of the scripture in Proverbs 3, I believe it's 5 and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on my own understanding. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And that gets me to thinking about acknowledging God with our finances, trusting in God, and he will direct your path. I think of a quote, and the quote is about generosity. This quote is that real generosity is a man who sowed a seed of a tree knowing that he will not live long enough to sit under the shade. Let me repeat that. Generosity is a man planting a tree knowing that he will not live long enough to sit under the shade. And I want to encourage you, trust in God with your finances. Sow these seeds because, amen, you can invest in something greater than yourselves. When money doesn't do anything for you, the Spirit of God can do everything for you. So I want to encourage you, we're just going to pray over the offering. Then after that, we're going to give God praise as people are taking time to transfer their funds and taking time to really take over the stronghold of finances in their lives. And then as we subside in our praise, our pastor's going to come and he's going to preach for us. So I want to ask Jaden if he'd pray over the offering. Amen. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give, Lord. We thank you, God, that, Lord, you're more valuable than anything on this earth. We yes. pray right now, Lord, that we would see the value in your kingdom, in your church. And I pray they will be faithful our tithes and offerings. I pray bless every person in their homes that gives today. And bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name. Amen, God. Good to see everyone.
metaphorically speaking. Uh, hope you're all well. And um, yeah, welcome out to our second live stream of uh, preaching. Miss everyone. I know everyone misses each other. And hopefully we'll be back in church in the near future. Just, I just want to give a, uh, um, a plug to all those in um, Bromley um, behind the veil. And so behind the veil we do every Thursday as we've been doing. And just to reiterate, it's you can ask any question on the Bible, ask any question on the last days, ask any questions on history or church history or philosophy, evolution, atheism, um, whatever questions you might have, I'll look to answer. If I do not have the answer, I do promise that I would research, study and come back to you the week after and give you that answer. And so the reason why we do that, one of the things about being um, working with the youth for so many years, sometimes Youth, young people, new converts, Christians, they have questions, but either they feel embarrassed about asking them, they feel bad about asking them, they feel it's a lack of faith about asking them, or they feel there's something wrong with asking them. And we just take, take people behind the veil just to see who God is, and God is able to answer uh, many questions. And uh, yeah, there's more to God. There's more to God than gray areas. And so it's, uh, even Paul said that, that I shall know him and the power of his resurrection. And so that's what we do on Thursday. So um, I think what James said, everything starts at 8 o'clock now. So behind the veil starts at 8, the password, speak to JD. He'll send uh, over the Zoom link and the password and different thing. All right, brilliant. Let's get to our text in Luke 8. Luke 8. Luke 8, verse 22. Luke 8, verse 22. <clears throat> we all know the words switch. A switch would apply to most things, even our lights. Um, our walking patterns. The switch is something which is going one way and it turns the other way, or something which is has a disposition in a certain position and you redirect it. And so a switch could also have a synonym, a synonym as turning. So when something switches, the broad definition is you're going one way, go the other way. Something was in a certain form, now it's in a different form. So I'm going to look at the issue of a sermon called Switch. From our text, Luke 8 verse 22, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said let us cross over to the other side of the lake and they launched out but they sailed he fell asleep with a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy and they came to him 
and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds, the water, they obey him. Switch. In life, life is made up of a multitude of things switching. You could have a financial reversal that your finances are going well and all of a sudden there's a switch and it starts to plummet. You could have a situation where your marriage is good, steady, mm. is healthy, but all of a sudden, from nowhere, switches, mm. turns. A child, a teenager, they're one way, one day, the next day, they've just switched. These are the vicissitudes of life. The vicissitudes of life is amalgamated and exploding with things that just switch. In our text, Jesus is on a boat with his disciples. But while he's on the boat, things for a period of time are calm, steady. The waters are tranquil. But at a certain point of time, Jesus switches and he goes to sleep. The disciples are awake. The dilemma the disciples face is, the sea's no longer calm. The sea's no longer tranquil. The sea's no longer in serenity. The sea switches. It goes raging, it goes storming, it goes berserk. The disciples, they switch, and now they're fulfilled with fear. The Greek word phobos, terror. Mm. They're in absolute panic. Mm. And then they cry out to Jesus because they're wondering, why have you switched? You were awake. You were conscious. You were alert. But as soon as the problem came, you switched. And they cry out to him and say, Lord, Master, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? And Jesus awakes. And then he speaks to the sea. He speaks to the wind. He speaks to nature. And he tells nature, and he tells the sea, he tells the wind, switch. And all of a sudden, the wind and the sea, they switch and they hear his voice. They are no longer governed 
by mindless nature. They are now governed by their creator. And they switch and they go silent. Then Christ turns around to his disciples and he switches on them and says, Why did you switch? Where is your faith? Where is your belief? Where is your pitis? The Greek word, which means a confidence, which means an assurance, which means something you believe in. I thought you believed in me, but yet you switched. Mm. And that is life. There are raging winds. And there are stormy seas. But they weren't always stormy and they weren't always waging. But things in life switch. It was Aristotle, the famous philosopher, lived round about 300 BC, where he said, you can avoid criticism very easily by saying nothing, by doing nothing, and by being nothing. Yeah. The dilemma with that is you switch and you're out of existence. Jesus looks at these disciples and says, why did you switch? First Samuel chapter 25, David is looking after, he's on the run from Saul because Saul switched. The nature of Saul, that was his being. Saul was a steady king. Saul was anointed of God. Saul was chosen by God. But all of a sudden, Saul just switched. And he switched on David. And he got jealous of David. And to, to David, this will blow his mind. Because he was brought to the palace. Because Saul is in torment. He's under oppression. The Bible says there is literally a demon that is tormenting this man's mind. And with the torment, he can't handle it. And he has these moments where he just switches. David will play music in order to bring calmness, tranquility, in order to soothe his emotions. And all of a sudden, Saul was switched back to normality but then he would just be looking at David and in moments of rage and in moments of oppression and the tsunami of dark power that floods Saul's soul he would just switch pick up a javelin and throw it at David so David now has to switch and he has to run from the palace he has to run from Saul as he's running away from Saul he goes to a land a place with some of his men and this land he goes to or this place is farmland this territory it belongs to a man called Nabal Nabal has all of this merchandise through flocks and there's bandits out there, there's thieves, there's robbers. But David situated himself in a place where he would protect him and his men, Nabal's goods. 
And one time David sent his men out to see if he could acquire favor with Nabal just to feed his men to help him out. And Nabal switched and said, who is this David? I don't know this David. There's many slaves who run away from their masters and absolutely insult David's men. And by insulting David's men, he insulted David. And David switched and he went out in order to confront Nabal. As he goes out to confront Nabal, Nabal, he's about to shed the man's blood for, for just the ingratitude of looking after this man's flock, for looking after this man's servants. The servants of Nabal, they switch and they go back and they tell his wife, Abigail, in what has transpired. Abigail switches from her environment. She goes out into the field. She goes to meet David and says, David, don't switch. Don't shed this man's blood. Nabal is a fool. That is what his name means. Don't let him bring you down to his level. There's a saying. Never take on a fool. Because he will bring you down to his level and beat you with experience. You don't switch. You keep on the higher ground. It was Beethoven, the famous musician during the Romantic period. Round about the 1700s, I believe. He said to the kings and the princes, he said to them, there are thousands of kings. There are thousands of princes. But there's only one Beethoven. What you men are, you men of royalty, you are by accident. What Beethoven is, he is by himself. Don't switch. Remember your value. Remember where you are positioned in the high places of where Christ sits. Remember that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't switch. For you are made in the icon, the image of God. Remember, but Nabal wouldn't remember. And Abigail tells David, don't switch. David chooses to listen to Abigail and he chooses not to switch, though he was on the brink. And by him not switching, he makes a decision. I'm going to do right. I'm going to do what the word of God tells me to do using this vessel, this human being. But I know what I've been called to. I've been called. It was Samuel who anointed me and told me that my situation is going to switch from being a shepherd out in the field and looking after goats and sheep yet I'm going to switch and be a king but I can't switch and jeopardize that by killing Nabal who's a fool who will make me switch my destiny and like Esau I lose my birthright like Esau even with weeping and crying I can't get my birthright back because he switched back to Jacob I've got to stay true and he decides not to do anything mm. 
And by him not switching, he was communicating to God that God, it's not for me to take Nabal's blood. I trust in you. Vengeance is the Lord's. Amen. And God got involved. And God switched on Nabal for the way he treated David. And by the way he treated David, he visits Nabal. And all of a sudden, the heart of Nabal, it switched. And Nabal's heart faded out and the man died. You've got to be careful of the switch. It was General George Patton, a famous World War hero, participated in the First and the Second World War. He said, I am a soldier. I fight where I'm told and I win where I fight. I don't switch to the command that I've been given. I don't switch to what I know to do. I don't switch according to my destiny. I don't switch according to duty. It was Confucius, the Chinese philosopher who lived round about 500 BC. He said, I slept. And I dreamt that life is beauty. But then I awoke and I found that life is duty. Preach. You don't switch because of emotionalism. You don't switch because of your feelings. You don't switch because you're following your heart. For Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Don't switch. You stay with the word. You do your duty. Duty is not a dirty word. Duty is a word with consistency. The environment might change, but I don't switch. The circumstances might change, but I don't switch. The problems of life will come in like a tsunami, but I don't switch. As Joshua said, as for me and my house, we don't switch. We serve God. We put him first. Jesus said, what is the commandments? What is the greatest of all commandments to the religious people? And they were coming out. And they came out right where it says, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind and soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. You don't switch from that. Mm. Judas. Chapter 27 of Matthew. Judas is made a disciple. Jesus chooses Judas to follow him. Judas makes a decision. I will follow you. I will be a Mephites. I will be a disciple. Disciple. I will give myself to Mathano. I will give myself to being a learner. The problem with Judas is, he's seeing this person called Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth says and makes comments that he is 
the Messiah. He is the hope of Israel. That's okay with Judas. Because he's looking for a Messiah like the rest of the Israelites. But something made Judas switch. When he would see Christ. He's, Christ is not only healing Jews. He's healing the arch enemies. He's healing the Romans who had occupied Jewish land. And Jesus will be healing a servant of a centurion. When Judas is watching that and he's processing that, it made him switch. Then he goes to the Sadducees, the chief priests, and he says, what do you want me to do to switch on Christ? What will you give me? I'm willing to switch. I'm willing to sell him out. I'm willing to betray him. What will you give me if I betray him? I'm willing to switch. And the Sadducees offered him 30 pieces of silver. And what was so humiliated about that price is, that's a price in Old Testament Judaic law for a slave. And not just a slave, a slave who has been gorged by an animal, a disabled slave. Yeah, preach. That's what Judas was willing to switch on Christ for. It's the Last Supper. Christ is with his disciples. He's nearing his end. And then Jesus is sitting down. And in the conversation. He's speaking about the kingdom. He's speaking about what is to come. He's speaking about his blood and his flesh. And we drink it and we remember him. All of a sudden he switches. And he says to Judas. What you are about to do, Judas, switch and accelerate it. Switch and do it now. And once Jesus said that, it says that there was a switch and Satan entered Judas. And then Judas got up and he went out into the darkness. And that's a switch. Because Judas spent his time with the light of the world. Judas spent his time with the lamp to our feet. Judas spent his time with he who is the light of creation. And that light is the life of all men. And now he goes out into the darkness because the man's heart has switched. Mm. And when he now would view and witness what is transpiring and what Jesus is going through by the Sadducees and the chief priests and his interrogation and his beating. Once he got to Gethsemane and he sold him out with a kiss on the cheek when he switched on him, at that time he realizes what he has done. And he goes back. He goes back. To the temple to see the Sadducees and said, I have betrayed innocent blood. And the Sadducees say to him, they switch on him and say, what has that got to do with us? Now you've done what we wanted you to do. We'll switch on you. Since 
There could be a man who's trying to get you into an illicit situation, an illicit relationship that switches on the word of God, that God says, no, he desires us to be hagios. He desires us to be pure. He desires us to be clean. Wow. As David said, no man shall see or ascend up his holy hill without clean hands and a pure heart. But the man will be trying to get you into bed. He'll be trying to do immoral things with you as soon as he's got what he wants then he switches on you and all of a sudden his interest has dissipated Judas Sadducees don't care about your conscience because now they've got what they want they switched It was Demophanes. He was a Greek philosopher, lived around about 300 BC. He said, Men blame nature and fate for their problems. Mm. He says, The problems of man and their fate is only an echo of their own character, their own mistakes, their own passions, and their own issues. Yes. Mm. It's us. Because we switched. We became people who we should never have become. Paul says, Paul catalogues the switch in Romans 1. He says that men, they worship things that fly in the air. They worship things that creep upon the ground. So God gave them up to their vile passions. He gave them up to those things which were not good and those things which were not fitting. So man has been given up to their darker mind and they have become corrupt. And they had, and he says that he yields them over. He gives them over. Paradidomai. He surrenders man and he switches on man and he says, I have nothing to do with this anymore. Your sin like Cain is at the door of your house, is at the door of your feet. You open the door and allow it in. I am going away. You have been testing and you have been seen that you are not approved so thereby i'm switching and i'm leaving you i'm giving you over to the lust of your flesh and it says even men with men would do which is not natural and women with women would do which is not fukakos and fukakos literally means that which is not instinctive it's not instinctive for you to do those things, but I'm giving you over to your own base lust because I'm switching because you decided to switch on me. And because you switched on me, I switch back and I leave you. And here is Judas. A switch. We blame, we blame. And here's the thing. The Bible says Judas repented. He switched. He didn't switch. Because the word repentance is metanoia in the Greek. And that means to change your mind. Yes. 
You turn away from what you are doing and you go the other way. That's not what Judas done. Because the Greek word for what Judas done was metaomai, literally means he regretted. Mm. He didn't repent, he regretted. That's not a switch. He's not sorry for what he's done against Christ. He's not sorry for what he's done against God. He's not sorry for what he's done against righteousness. He's sorry because of the consequences. And now... The being who entered Judas called Satan. He switches on Judas and tells Judas, kill yourself. Kill yourself. I don't need you no more because you've already delivered up the Christ. You've already switched on Christ. You've already backslidden on Christ. You've already sold out Christ. You've already delivered me Christ. I don't need you. Thereby, I switch on you. Kill yourself. And Judas switches, kills himself. And then he switches from this land of the living. He switches from earth. He switches from this air, this atmosphere. He switches from this world. And now he switches into a world of darkness, a world of perdition, a world of satanic horror. He goes into hell forevermore. He switches into the afterlife to lose his soul. Because he switched on Christ. It was William Shakespeare. The famous dramatist and playwright and screen, screenwriter who said, We scorched the snake, but we haven't killed it. Mm. We scorched the snake, but we ain't killed it. Have you switched? We say we know God. We say we're a Christian. But that don't mean we switched. Second mm. Timothy chapter 3 verse 5, it says many will profess godliness. But they, apotrepo, they deny, they disavow the power thereof. Paul says it's not about what we say that determines if we switch. It's about what we do. Jesus' brother backs in Mark called James. He says, don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Poeto, apply, do, fashion, accomplish, switch, not just on the outside, in your heart. It was one of the Old Testament prophets who said, render your heart, not the garment. Because if you just rip your garment, you ain't switch. Mm. If you render your heart, then you switch. For God desires truth in the inward parts. That's a demonstration of a switch. When Jesus goes into the temple, into his synagogue, chapter 4 of Luke, he reads out Isaiah 61, 
speaks about this is the acceptable year of the Lord, the Jubilee. He speaks about how the blind see, how the lame walk. He speaks about how the lepers are cleansed. And then he closes the book. And then as he's speaking to the Nazarenes, as he's speaking to the Nazarites, he then switches and says, what I have just read has been fulfilled in your ears and it's fulfilled in me. But the Nazarites didn't like that. They said, we know this man, we know his father, we know his mother, we know his brothers. He's familiar with us. How can he be making these claims? No, we're not buying that. And then they switched. Then they try to get hold of Christ. They, they, they physically take him out of the synagogue. And they're going to take him to the brow of a hill. In order to push him off this hill. In order to kill Christ. And they switched. Because when Jesus made statements about himself. And we don't like it. Because it is too far on. There is something in our nature that switches. This is why Christ, he tested the switch mechanism of mankind when he was on earth. He would come to one man. He came to many a man and he would always do the same switch test. He would tell a man, follow me. The man would say, well, I'd like to follow you. I want to follow you, but I've got to go bury my father. And Jesus would switch and say, let the dead bury the dead. Then he will go to another man. And another man will come and say, I want to follow you, I want to follow you. And Jesus say, well, follow me. And the man will say, well, do you know what? I've got to go sell some oxen. I've got to, I've got to go say goodbye to my family. And Jesus said, he who puts his hand on the plow is not worthy of me. Because these people switch. Because they didn't want the commitment. A rich young ruler comes up to Christ and says, How might I have eternal life? I'm in this earthly life now. I'm in this corporeal life now. I'm in this terrestrial, temporary life now. I know there is an afterlife. I want to live forever. And I want to live forever with Elohim God. How do I do that? I want to switch from this life into the afterlife in heaven. And Jesus said, sell everything you've got, come follow me. All of a sudden, the rich young ruler switched. He said, all the other commandments I've obeyed. And Jesus said, there's one you haven't obeyed. Yes. So Christ, why would he switch? Why would he say, sell everything you've got? Are you saying you can't have money? No. Are you saying you can't be rich? No. But what Christ is doing is testing the heart. A heart who wants to hold back. And a heart in the future. That when you come upon a situation of a person's life. That they want to keep to themselves. And they don't want to surrender to Christ. They don't want to surrender to the Lord. The Kurios. Who has the right to everything and every part of us. Then we switch. And Christ is foreseeing.
the switch. I want to close it off. In the last days, there'll be a switch. Great switch. It was, the question was posed to Jesus with Pilate and Caiaphas as he's arrested. They're asking him. Caiaphas wants Jesus dead. The Sadducees want him dead. They switched on him because Jesus switched on the Sadducees. He goes into the temple and he just switches and he turns over tables and he starts to mess with their money-making operation and they get vexed and they get angry. They don't care about God. They don't care about their faith. They don't care about Israel. They don't care about religion. Jesus can carry on pontificating. He's this, he's that. They don't care. But as soon as you start messing with the Sadducees' money, they switch. Now they've got him. They want to set him up. They've taken him to Pilate because the Jews haven't got the right under Roman law to kill anyone. So they want to get Jesus killed and they want Pilate to switch on Christ. But Pilate's not switching on Christ. When Caiaphas sees he's not switching on Christ, they go out to the crowd to get the crowd to switch on Christ. They start stirring up the crowd. All of a sudden, the crowd, they start to switch. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And then there's a part of Pilate that switches and says, do you not know I've got the power to set you free? And Jesus switches and says, you would have no power unless my father gave it to you. Be not deceived at any time. I can switch. As he said in the Garden of Gethsemane, I can get angelic, 12 legions of angelic beings to come down and to wipe this place out. I can switch because I'm God. It's the kenosis, the kenosis where I'm God, I'm divine, I've got power. There is nothing I cannot do yet. I choose to hold back that power. But at any time, if you push me too far, I can switch. And just like he done to Caiaphas, Caiaphas, you're asking me to swear by, oh, if I'm the son of God, yes, I'm the son of man. And you will see me in the clouds of heaven. And you will see me when I sit down upon my throne because I'll judge you, Caiaphas, because you made me switch. It was Socrates, the philosopher. He said the unexamined life is not worth living. In your faith, have you switched? Have you examined your heart? Have you examined your faith? Have you turned into Ephesus? Where Jesus has to come back and say, you started off well, but all of a sudden you switch that now you need to return back to your first love. If you do not return back to your first love, I'm going to come and I'm going to switch and take my candle back. I'm going to take the light back. You need to switch to what you used to be. The disciples asked Christ, when are you coming back? When's the return? When are you going to come back for your people? 
And Jesus said, the time of the hour is not for you to know. Not even the Son of Man knows that time. But there will come a time when Christ is on the right hand side of the Father. That the Father will swivel his head. He will look at his Son with his eternal eyes. And say, now Son, now's the time the Godhead we switch. Grace is over. Favor's over. Our patience is over. The endurance is over. The blasphemy of our name and the Godhead, it is over. This day, son, we switch. Jesus rises up off his throne. The Lamb, the Lamb of God, the Lamb who was slain. He calls, he calls out to all of the angelic beings who are on the crystal sea. He calls out to all of the saints who have died and all of the saints who have been raptured. And he calls out and he speaks to Michael who has temporarily come back from Israel. As Daniel 12 says, he is the prince who guards Israel. But he comes back for that special moment and Christ tells Michael, Michael, my father has said, now's the time. Gather up the troops, get the battalions, get the celestial army, get the holy riders, get the spiritual watchers, gather up. The seraphim will stay here, flying around my father's throne, crying, holy, holy, holy. But the rest of heaven, including the saints, we're going to mobilize. We're going to pierce the atmosphere of planet Earth. We go down like Revelations 19 says, I'm going to be clothed in blood and it's not going to be my blood that I shed upon the cross it's going to be the blood of the nations that who are gathered at the battle of Armageddon who I am going to judge now is the time no more compassion the gentle features of Christ's face the compassion the mercy that emanates from his face no he will be like a Spartan who would turn put down his helmet and all of that calmness it will be a chasm of horror it will be eyes pulled with darkness in order a blank face of murder it will be a harshness it will be a judge who has come to judge planet earth and he will descend because he's switching as light from the east to the west he's switching Mankind has had the time to repent and get their heart right, but they wouldn't switch. At the battle of Armageddon, or when they gather at Armageddon, they're still not switching. So Christ has to switch on them. But that time's not here yet. And before that time, and you switch that when he calls, heaven's your home. That when he calls, you be snatched up. When Christ comes at the second coming, they will say, hide us from the Lamb of God. Hide us from the terror of the Lamb of God. Why are you calling him the Lamb of God? A lamb is someone... Or something that atones for your sin. He's not the Lamb of God. He's the Lion of Judah. He switched. He switched. When he sets up his millennial kingdom, the world has been 
torn apart, ruined, broken, shattered by the seven seals of judgment, the vials, the bowls, where God switched on earth in the last seven years. But when Jesus comes back, he would tell planet earth, switch and the topography and the landmass and the seas will now start reconfiguring in order to make life conducive to the optimal point that people start living instead of a hundred years they start living for a thousand years because by his words he said switch and by his logos yes Everything changes. Everything can change for you this morning with a surrendered heart to switch. A surrendered heart that makes that change. And the Word of God explodes into the environment of your life to cause things to switch. I want to ask you, religion is not the switch. Saying platitudes about Christ is not a switch. Mm, come on. Professing to be a Christian is not the switch. The switch is the surrender. The switch is the choice. The switch is the decision. It was Sun Tzu, the famous Chinese militarist and strategist. He said, sweat during peacetime that you won't have to spill blood mm. during wartime. Come yes, on. This is the peacetime. Yes. This is the time when Christ is holding back. This is the time when Christ says, I'm not switching now. Just offering salvation. And I'm offering to bring people unto myself to surrender to me. Because there will come a time when it won't be peacetime anymore. That's right. And it's not necessarily only in the second coming or if you miss the rapture. It could be your own personal life. Respond while you have the time to respond switch god bless i just want to close up if jesus christ has spoken to you about switching about receiving him about changing about switching from the life that you're living switching from the sin and the double life and the pretending. He says, switch, come unto me. Switch. Surrender to me. If you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. And you say it with your own mouth. You repeat the prayer, Christ, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me by your blood. I believe by faith that you rose on the third day. 
I make a decision to surrender to you. To live for you. I pray I'll serve you until you return back again. I give you my life. And I ask your blood to cleanse me and to wash me. And to keep me until you return. I choose to switch. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. There's a number that will be displayed. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ. Text us. Just with you, 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 you know, just your name and just like you're saved. So if there's any support, any help, and we can also give you the link for behind the veil. So if you, you know, you've got saved, you've got questions. What does this mean? Theology, doctrine, new convert, or the Bible? I don't understand it. You could call us on Thursday. Uh, we have that service behind the veil on Thursday. We'll answer any question you've got, and we'll meet you at your place of need. God bless you. Take care.